The cap's even better though when you get to 2021. So we really love this one. $7,000 per employee per quarter for 2021 for the first two quarters of the year. So you, as you look at this, if you're operating within this spectrum, you qualify, you've got enough wages, you can get up to $19,000 per employee for costs you're already paying. Welcome to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground, where we talk about supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity with everyone from academics, historians, and business leaders. With your hosts, Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore, you'll hear inspiring stories and practical tips for overcoming challenges and gaining insight into supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. Let's dive in. We'd also like to thank TechCXO for its sponsorship of this podcast. Get proven hands-on C-suite executives to take on an interim role and provide fractional help in lead projects. TechCXO on-demand executive model consistently delivers time and cost savings of 50 to 75% compared to a full-time in-house function. They have helped their clients secure over $4 billion in debt and equity financing and have advised clients on over 200 transactions, including due diligence preparation, M&A and financing alternatives. To learn more, please visit their website at techcxo.com. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. Today, we are grateful to have our two guests from Aprio, Justin Elangin and Thomas Scott. Yeah, and we're so glad to have Aprio in studio with us today as we're going to discuss the new legislation around the second round of PPP loans and legislation and kind of what are some of the accounting treatments and accounting things we need to keep in mind as small and diverse businesses as we move forward with the second wave of PPP. So Thomas, Justin, so glad to have two experts on on here with us. And we'd love to just go ahead and turn it over to you guys, learn more about Aprio and some of the things that we need to be uh, keeping in mind as we move forward. Got it. Thanks, Chloe and Adam, for having us here today. Uh, We're very excited to have this discussion. Uh, As you mentioned, my name is Thomas Scott, and I'm a partner in the tax practice group here at Aprio. Um, Mm -hmm. I specialize in working with technology clients, manufacturing, and a lot of clients uh, within those industry sectors have some international component as well. Uh, At Aprio, we are a top 50 national CPA-led advisory firm uh, based in Atlanta. We have regional offices in Alabama, North Carolina, New York, and Tennessee. We are a CPA firm, but we definitely look at ourselves more as uh, business advisors to our clients. We have Mm -hmm. over 613 members serving seven industry specialty areas. Uh, Firms are very positioned to help clients from startup. Uh, to exit. And as you mentioned, we're definitely going to talk about the new Consolidated Appropriations Act and my partner, Mm -hmm. Justin Elagian, will break down a couple key components and I will come back at the end and talk about some other tax changes that your company should be looking forward to. Now I'll turn it over to Justin. Yes, thank you so much, Thomas. And speaking of those advisory services, Mm -hmm. we are getting some free today for all of our guests. That's right. So just take a minute, get out the pen and paper as Justin gets ready to lay this down for us. Sure, thanks. Uh, I'll do my best here to live up to the expectations, <laughs> but happy to, to to be here joining all of you today and, and sharing some information um, and, and, and importantly, the right information. There's a lot of misinformation as you think about mm-hmm. the Paycheck Protection Program. Everyone's got their own take, different spin. We have new rules that came out not even 48 hours ago. And so there's a lot of digesting mm-hmm. that's still taking place. I'll start kind of work by working backward for a second, which 
backward in this case is really only 12 days ago. When you think about December 27th, when the True. Consolidated Appropriations Act was signed into law by, by President Trump. Mm-hmm. What we're going to do real quick is go through, I'm going to break PPP into two pieces, the changes that came about that impact all PPP loans, even the ones mm-hmm. that were originated back in April, May, June, this new $285 billion that's been put forth, that's expected to open up next week. And then there's this other component after we get past the Paycheck Protection Program that's actually a spin out called the Employee Retention Credit. And this is already what we're dubbing here as the PPP of 2021. It's probably gonna be bigger than PPP to a lot of the businesses. Certainly when we think about small businesses, this is a gold mine. We love gold mines. Yes, we, we, sure, we sure do too. <laughs> So, so going into the changes um, to all PPP loans, let's let's start let's start with that. One in particular is this additional non-payroll cost that can be added. So, I'll I'll talk about why that's important as well. But for now, note that there's some additional expense that can be attributed to PPP loan forgiveness. They are non-payroll costs. It covers things like software costs to run your business, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, whether that's inventory, whether that's HR, whether that's billing, whether that's accounting, whether that's your sales systems. Then there's property damage costs. Unfortunately, yes, there were you know a variety of, of riots mm-hmm. that took place throughout um, you know the middle of 2020, mm-hmm. and not all of that was covered by insurance. So you're going to be able to leverage some of the mm-hmm. PPP costs to help offset that. Then there's this what's called covered supplier costs. This is big really for, for restaurants in particular. I think that's where we see it is, is the accommodation and food services because it really allows them to cover their perishable goods. So that's mm-hmm. huge. Uh, but for others, it's it's things that had to do with purchase orders and contracts that were in place before that cover period, right before you received your PPP funds mm-hmm. um, that will allow certain costs to be included there. And then covered worker protection for those that mm-hmm. are still operating in office or had some additional cost for COVID safety measures, right? I, I always use plexiglass as the example because we've all right. seen that somewhere. Right, right. The other ones though, though, and, and why that's important, wait till I get to employee retention credit. Just, just note that for now, if there's new non-payroll costs. I'm going to talk a little bit about strategy and why, why that really comes into play. Okay. This is really more down Thomas's alley. Here, I'm sure he, he understands this one far greater than I do. <laughs> Taxes. Um, so tax implications related to PPP funds. And, and, and why I give that nod, as you can probably imagine, I'm not in our tax practice. And, and frankly, I, I don't know sometimes if I'm still in our audit practice. Um, I, all I've been doing now for the, for the last nine months is leading our PPP and ERC team. Interesting. And, uh, and that's been a daily. I mean, we've, we, we do webinars every day. Uh, there's been over a hundred of them uh, so far. So things have been busy. Well, but, so let me just ask a quick question right there, Justin. That's, that's yeah. awesome. Where do people go to find your webinars? Right. Cause I imagine you're probably doing webinars beyond PPP. I'm thinking about if somebody goes and listens to this recording, say nine months from now, where do they go to find these webinars, sign up for them, understand where they are, see the topics, that type of thing. Perfect. So go to aprio.com slash what's next. And oh. Aprio is A-P-R-I-O. Dot com. And what's next, really, just for context here, it's, it's what we're thinking about. Right? As, as Thomas was talking about advisory, it's always thinking about how to get businesses to what next means. Next means mm-hmm. a lot of different things to a lot of different people. True. That's where you find the ability and content that we've put together to support you in doing so. Whether it's P- Paycheck Protection Program, Employee Retention Credit, a webinar, an article, a press release. That's, that's your source. So I appreciate the question, Adam. 
No, my pleasure. That's what we're here for to help to help it along, guide it. So, so tax implications is a really big one. Everyone's been waiting for. There's and there's one I think for those that have flow through entities too that comes into play. That's think about that as your partnerships and your S corporations. If I got that right, Thomas. Uh, if not, you can add on to it. But I think there's probably a lot of those right in the small businesses. We talk about who who, who may reside in this particular yeah. audience or, or kind of of that entity structure. All businesses are going to have the same two benefits. The forgiveness of your PPP loan, that's tax exempt, right? Non-taxable. We've already known that. The big change was the expenses are deductible. And that was the one Mm -hmm. that's been going back and forth. And the IRS had several communications from the CARES Act all the way through the week before Thanksgiving saying, nope, you're not deducting those expenses. Well, that got overturned with this Consolidated Appropriations Act. They are deductible. That's wonderful. That's That's going to give small businesses a huge relief. A big, mm-hmm. big time. And, and the rave doesn't stop there. If you get to hmm. owners of flow through entities, those partnerships in the S corps and, and Thomas, you can expand on how significant this part is, but there's this concept I mean, it's called basis, right? You have basis in your entity. Mm-hmm. And you, so you have non-taxable income on forgiveness. We have deductible expenses. And for the owners of partnerships and S corporations, they'll get an increase in basis, which is another really big opportunity. Thomas, you want to add something to that of what, the, what that means? Why, did, why should people care? Yes, definitely with, with basis. So uh, when you start out with your company, in your example, S-Corp or partnership, you, so you put $100 to start that company and your basis goes up based on the amount of taxable income you receive and goes down based on distributions and different items like that. Well, when you go to sell this company uh, four or five years ago down the road, definitely uh, that basis is what would not be taxable you upon the sale. So if you have a basis of $100,000, your basis increases by that. You sell for $200,000, you're only going to be paying tax on $100,000. That's mm. huge. It's almost not really tax free. You pay taxes on it, but you're increasing right. basis in that company. Right. Which I think is really important because as we know, I know a lot of small businesses, you know, self-fund their businesses. So when you look at that, I mean, I think that that's an incredible thing for them to know and think about, you know, how much did I put into my business over this period of time? That's right. And and what was really interesting with this is, you know, we almost rubbed our eyes and certainly we did for that matter when we saw this in the final bill, because it wasn't included in any of the proposals. The expense being deductible was, and the tax exempt income again. That's that has always been there, but this basis increase we came in. That was like an eleventh hour addition, and certainly we all happy that they put that there. And I'm sure our audiences do. Yes, I think they <laughs> yeah. all will be. Yes. Yeah. Um, the 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 other probably two that relate to all loans that are big, and certainly when you think about the you know the size of the business and small business, right? Eighty five percent. Approximately, I think it's actually about 84 to be exact, but who's counting? Um, of the 5.2 million loans that were issued, hmm. are $150,000 or below. And oh. since July, we've been waiting and hearing about this simplified forgiveness. What is this like automatic forgiveness thing that I keep hearing about for, right. for loans $150,000 or less? I can't tell you probably how many thousand times I've fielded that question. And I said, mm-hmm. it doesn't exist. Well, it kind of does now. Um, the, the, what, what's happened now with this bill is there's this simplified application process, as they call it, for loans $150,000 and below. And what it's going to mean, and I said going to, I'll, I'll, I'll explain that, is that borrowers will just simply submit either on 
a portal or a form. It kind of depends on how the bank is facilitating the forgiveness process. A one-page form hmm. that wants to know, tell me how you are able to retain your employees with this funds, an estimate of how much of the funds you used on payroll costs, estimate being a really key word, and the amount of your loan. That's it. Mm-hmm. And you, you sign a certain certification, of course, acknowledging that you complied with the program. I think that's, you know, you, we would have had that no matter what application we're using. Of course, you had to comply. Mm-hmm. That's a really, really big change as you think about the simplicity because oh, yeah. this has been so complex for, for so many businesses, banks, advisors, you name it. If you're anywhere around PPP, mm-hmm. it automatically gives you a headache. And so this is a really helpful item to get some of these small businesses through this process in an expedited manner. The upcoming part of that is because the SBA has until January 20th to put that form together. So it's not available currently. Hmm. The SBA will release it They have by the terms of the Consolidated Appropriations Act. They have until that date. Then the banks will have to update portals or whatever they're going to do. So it's probably late January before we see this being used. But if Hmm. if you are sitting here and you haven't, apply for forgiveness, you're under $150,000 and you're not selling your business because there's some interesting rules around that. Mm-hmm. Just hang tight. Just wait mm. and, and, and get to the easy stages and then we'll deal with this. That's great. That's great to know because nice. I know a lot of small businesses that we talked to were concerned about the forgiveness application being submitted by December 31st. Um, so yeah, we, and we, there was nothing anywhere just on the SBA or anything for in terms of references that we could point them to. Well, certainly again, aprio.com, aprio.com. <laughs> Perfect. Plug away, my friend. Yes. What's, what's next? Um, and and, and I'm, Chloe, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was actually a question not on this list of, of things that I think about, about this new bill, but it is a very common question. The form itself, the application form on the SBA mm-hmm. site says December 30th, expires December 31st. Mm-hmm. Borrowers have two years before they have to apply for forgiveness if they obtain their loan before June the 5th two years. And if it's on or after June the 5th, they have five years before they have to apply. There are repayments that come into play about 16 months after they Mm -hmm. obtained their loan, if they had any amounts left. But it is a, it's one of the most commonly misunderstood items is when do I have to Mm -hmm. apply? There's a lot, a lot of time. And so think about Mm -hmm. some of these items in particular, the one I'm going to mention next is the employee retention credit. There are some other things you should be thinking about mm-hmm. before you're concerned with forgiveness, especially if you're $150,000 or below. Mm-hmm. Wait for the new form anyway, regardless of employee retention credit. This employee retention credit is for everybody and it's retroactive and we have opportunities to be moved forward. Nice. So let me kind of quickly talk about what that is, how it's calculated, attach some dollar amounts to this so we can really understand this one. As we look backward to 2020, and you look at what's called eligibility, you have to be eligible to use the credit. And eligibility is defined as having a decline in, and you evaluate this on a quarterly basis, I should say, mm-hmm. a decline in revenue in that particular quarter of 2020 compared to that same quarter in 2019 of at least 50%. Or your business, customers, supply chain, or your way in which you conduct your business was partially or fully impacted by a shutdown order. Mm-hmm. Now that applies to a whole lot of businesses. It's almost hard to find businesses that were not impacted in that way, at least for some 
period of time. Oh, yeah. I think it'll be maybe a little hard for us in Georgia, but yes, we were, <laughs> we were, <laughs> we were the last and we were the first. But I mean, I think for the small business community, we were happy about that here. Yeah. And I think, but I think if you take it further, you, you may have stayed open, but mm-hmm. maybe your supplier who you sell to is in right. California. And that's they were so shutting true. down. They're still shutting down, right? So, so mm-hmm. that's the big difference with the employee retention credit. Mm-hmm. It's not the same restrictions as 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 PPP. PPP was about whether you as the business were shutting down. And to Chloe's point, that didn't happen mm-hmm. for everybody, depending on your industry. The employee retention credit is pretty much anywhere you're conducting business. So if you had contracts, right? Uh, I'll use uh, let's use a, a marketing company, mm-hmm. and let's say that because all these other businesses were shutting down that they said, you know what, terminate the contract, put it on hold. Mm-hmm. It's maybe midstream. And they say, you know what, come back to me in six months and six months after that employee retention credits are your key there because of COVID and shutdown orders to your customers that now had a negative impact on your business and your ability to operate. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot more broad as you think about that's just one example. There's a lot of things you can think about there. So, uh, wow. you know, no, that Thomas, was a great example for our yeah, group. I yeah. think that, was, that really brought it home. So, yeah, good, good, good. So it's you know, I I think what we say, and, and I just got off a webinar about an hour ago, and and, and I when we talk about when we talk about employee retention credit. I always ask a question, a polling question. When we do the webinars after we describe it and say, do you think you qualify now? And anyone mm-hmm. that's and, and, and even one person says no. I say, if you're that one or those individuals, whatever it may be, let's say, no, I encourage you to think again, because so many businesses will fall into this criteria. Right, mm. right. So the, the math behind this, mm. and those rules still apply for, for 2021. The only difference is the revenue decline drops to 20%, and mm. it's still compared mm. to 2019. The dollars, this is where this is kind of going to land, $5,000 per employee for 2020, if you qualify and you have the associated eligible, of course, you have to have wages as calculated off of wages, right. compensation, payroll costs, things like that. But it's a payroll tax credit. So even not for profits are eligible. $5,000 per employee, as you start doing the math here, can be Yeah, that really adds up for sure. Yeah, that's significant. You know, that's, that's a cap. The cap's even better though when you get to 2021. So we really love this one. $7,000 per employee per quarter for 2021 for the first two quarters of the year. So you, as you look at this, if you're operating within this spectrum, you qualify, you've got enough wages, you can get up to $19,000 per employee for costs you're already paying. Right. So, that is incredible. And, and is wow. this credit refundable, Justin? Yeah. So good question. Um, this is handled within dealing with your payroll tax forms. That's how it's facilitated to the extent that you come back and yes, you can go back and amend a particular form if you didn't mm-hmm. use the credit previously, it can either offset upcoming payroll taxes. And if to the extent that this credit will exceed the amounts due, you could actually fill out an additional form and they mail you a check. So there's definitely some opportunities here with the employee retention credit. And again, it's not too late. You can go back and you can do amendments for 2020, catch those up and then build a strategy for 2021. That's a lot. So probably the one of the biggest items, again, we call that the PPP of 2021, really, really think about that. Employee retention credit, look it up. Check out our website, aprio.com slash what's next. We got a nice article that summarizes all the eligibility criteria and things of that nature. Then there's, of course, there's a second draw on PPP loans. Right? $285 billion have been, have been put 
put forward. Portal is, uh, from the SBA standpoint, expected to open to, to the smaller banks on Monday, January 11th, and Wednesday to the larger banks on uh, it's January 13th. And again, you have, you have to see what, how each lender is facilitating the process, but nonetheless, it's here. Uh, $285 billion program, qualifications to apply, right? Eligibility, 300 employees or less, and a decline in gross receipts for any quarter in 2020 compared to 2019 of at least 25%. One, all you need is one quarter to be. Yeah, done. they're definitely making it more available. Oh, yeah. To oh, a yeah. lot of different businesses who might not have qualified before. Right. That's right. So, so continues That's to expand right. opportunities, expand funding. It's calculated the same way. So it still can be done off of two and a half months of worth of the average payroll from 2019. You can certainly use 2020 as well. But if you had those kind of declines in revenue, you probably had greater payroll costs in 2019, unless mm-hmm. you were kind of growing your business throughout the pandemic process, which certainly sometimes that happened. Many times it didn't. And so you may be calculating your second draw on your PPP loan to the same amount that you did in round one. Got it. So, you know, when I think you talked about um, the rollout in next week and how there's going to be some smaller banks and the bigger banks from the clients that you guys have worked with, um, have you seen that there are some clients or certain industries that may have a little bit more of challenge with getting PPP? Have you guys seen that? Did you see that over the last year? So interestingly enough, I'm going to, I'm going to actually direct to something and there's been a lot of press about minority owned businesses and access Mm -hmm. to funding, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Whether that's ethnicity, gender, et cetera. The SBA actually put, um, I'll I'll pull it up as as I'm chatting here. They put a a comment. I almost want to call it like a press release on the SBA webpage, the treasury page. Mm. Okay. And the title is called guidance on accessing capital for minority underserved veteran and women-owned business concerns. I encourage you to check that out if, if you had some challenges and figuring out because it gives you some ideas and, and uh, to, to obtain this funding. I'll tell you further too, in this bill, they set aside $25 billion to specifically be allotted to businesses with 10 employees or less. So they yes. want to make sure that there's some opportunities here to support the small businesses that may not have access to capital may not have those banking relationships, right? Whether we want to acknowledge it or not, right? The really big customer is going to be get a lot of attention from a bank, right? Right. And mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. is making sure that there's going to be some opportunities for the smaller um, businesses as well that right. may not be larger banking clients, perhaps. Perfect. Mm-hmm. From a where to go, it's very different this time than it was before, right? You have fintech companies. Fintech companies weren't part of that, right? You have, you have Intuit. That, that's, that does funding. You've got Square, you've got PayPal, right? All these, there's, there's more and more that continue to build. So there's opportunities there. I, I, you know, I, I don't want to say it's, it's, it's bad. Just think through your process. They don't, if, if, if you go to a bank or a fintech company, that's not your banking relationship, just know you'll have additional documentation because there's this concept of, it's called know your customer is the rules mm-hmm. that the lenders have to yep. deal with. Yes, yes. If, if they don't have information about your organizational structure and and things of that nature, you're going to have to provide additional data to get them up to speed in addition to everything to qualify for a PPP loan. Just note that, prepare for it, but there's a lot of opportunities out there. I think we'll see a lot more scrutiny from the fintech companies this time around because about 75% of the fraud cases 
thus far are obtain loans from fintech companies because they didn't know their customers and all they got was the forms they've never shook a hand or, or anything um, like that. zoom i guess is probably the better way to say it now um <laughs> but there's issues there so but there's opportunities to get there just i think the process could be different there are a number of banks that are looking to convert customers so there are mm-hmm. definitely banks that are taking non-existing customers. Um, we've got several of them that we're working with as well. I think mm-hmm. that number will continue to increase. So variety of resources. Great. Wonderful. Wonderful. And we can yep. find this all on the Aprio website as well, I'm sure. We'd like to thank the University of Georgia Supply Chain Advisory Board for sponsoring Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. In addition to ensuring the UGA supply chain curriculum meets employers' needs, the board also connects employers with highly qualified students. Join corporate board members like Johnson & Johnson, Home Depot, and the Chick-fil-A to discover and hire tomorrow's supply chain innovators today. To learn more, go to www.terry.uga.edu, click on Alumni, and find the Supply Chain Advisory Board there. Justin covered a lot of the juicy stuff, so I'll, (laughs) (laughs) that's what everyone cares about, the PPP and those those payments, but I'll definitely talk about, this was a a thousand page legislation that came out, and there are some other key components of this legislation, Mm. Um, and a lot of extenders, but I'll touch on a few key items that I think will, you know, impact your listeners. Mm -hmm. Some of the individual changes. We all know about the direct stimulus payments. Um, similar to the CARES Act, there's a, also a direct payment to all individuals as well. And now it's $600 per individual. And similar to the CARES Act, it is based on your adjusted gross income. But what's different now is now everyone has filed their 2019 return. So it's definitely tied to your 2019 return. Mm. So um, it begins to phase out for single individuals when you have $75,000 more of AGI and for married couples is up to $150,000. Mm. And as you income increases, it definitely phases out. So mm. there's a lot going on right now about the payment being raised to $2,000. But right now, how it stands currently, that payment is $600 per individual. And, and I believe those payments start going out on the fourth. and some checks were mailed this week. So your listeners may have already received their payments. And if not, you can go to the IRS website and they have a get my payment uh, link on there. You can Hmm. put in your key information and it'll kind of tell you when was your first stimulus payment, uh, directly deposited in your account or mail and when when this will be expected to come as well. So Fantastic, that's great information. Mm -hmm. Another key component that's also affecting your individual um, individuals is what is related to charitable contributions. as part of the CARES mm-hmm. Act, a lot of uh, people that do not itemize, there's a $300 above the line deduction. So as mm-hmm. part of this new act, you can take up to $600 for a married couple, couple. So you don't have to itemize. And when I say itemize, that means deduct your um, personal property taxes, your state and local income taxes, your mortgage interest, yep. those things. So with the tax je- jobs and co- uh Act that was passed a few years ago, the limit on itemized deductions was increased significantly. So it knocked a lot of people out from that benefit to itemize. So now with this new above the line deduction, you can deduct you know, up to $600 as a married couple on your tax return. And another that, big that's, thing. That's excellent too, because by just taking, just by going with that's the uh, 1040 EZ, I think in layman's terms, right, Thomas, keep me honest on that one. I am. Yes. 
by the way, I just want to say I am not a tax, tax expert, so please understand anything that I'm about to say is Adam's own opinion and does not merit tax advice. Um, that's Thomas's, Thomas Scott from Aprio.com. That's his domain. Please talk to him. The defense in court of Adam on the podcast said will not stand up. I guarantee it. Got it. So I think that's the 1040 EZ form. And um, the other nice thing about that, too, is then that will allow more people to use the 1040 EZ. And then if you use the 1040 EZ, you're already precluded from any sort of post audits from the IRS, too. So you can file and, and rest uh, rest well at night. Mm-hmm. And one thing that is noted about that, the penalty has increased uh, for you abusing this deduction. So if you're just throwing that blanket $300 out there for a charitable contribution and it's not a legitimate contribution, then the IRS could come back for that. So definitely you're going to make a donation to a qualified charity. You want to get that tax forms and statement just documenting that in your record. That's one mm-hmm. thing to know about that. Yep. Yeah, another item as it relates to itemized deduction and it's also related to contributions. Before there was a limit on the amount and these is, this is going to apply to your folks that are itemizing. There used to be a limit on the amount that you can contribute to a uh, charity. Now there is no limit. You can do up to 100% of your adjusted gross income. So if you have an AGI of $100,000 and you do itemize, you can give $100,000 to a qualified charity to basically wipe out all of your income for the year. So definitely you have a charitable intent. You know, a lot of people are suffering now with COVID. You can Definitely give mm-hmm. a lot. And that's impacting a lot on the individual level. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. That's great. That's incredible. Yeah, that's to amazing. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Another big change, and this is kind of going to some of your business changes. And this was definitely put in to help a lot of our restaurants that are out there. Mm-hmm. You can now, and this is going to cover the years 21, 2021 and 2022. You can now deduct 100% of your business meals. And mm-hmm. that's going to be huge wow. for all of your business customers. Generally, you're, you're only yep. allowed a 50% deduction. deduction. Uh, so if you're taking your clients out uh, to have a drink or and some meals, you can only take out 50% of that deduction. Now, that is 100% for the years 2021 and 2022. So that was definitely put in to kind of help our restaurants that are struggling. Another key item is the payroll tax uh, deferral. So President Trump signed that back in August where it allowed employees to defer some of their payroll costs through the end of the year 2020. And that had to be paid back between January and April of this year. So there was a lot Mm. of scrutiny in the media about, hey, what if that employee leaves and different things like that was going to be undue harm to your employees. But now you have Mm. until the end of the year to pay that back. So you don't have that four-month window where you're going to see a decrease in your check. It's kind of spread out for the full year. So if you as an employer did allow your employees to defer some of their payroll taxes during the end of the year, they mm-hmm. definitely have the full year to pay that back. So that's part of this new act. And that's, that's big. That's huge. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. That is, that is really, really big for some of those who decided to, to use some creative ways mm-hmm. to keep cash on hand. Right. Right. Uh, I think Thomas too, one of the things now bringing that comment, Back again, come back to that employee retention credit for a second. Defer your payroll tax payments, right? Keep your cash on hand now. Mm-hmm. Also apply for the employee retention credit. You're actually gonna have even more, you have more cash 
now, right? Because you're right. going to get a refund. So you get a refund check plus no outflow of cash because you deferred the payroll taxes. Helps right. a lot to strengthen the balance sheet in the interim period. Yeah, absolutely. I think that I think that highlights another thing that I always try to work with small businesses on. You know, access to capital is always huge, right? That seems to be a topic mm-hmm. I come back to time and time again. And I think what 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 you and Thomas have really demonstrated for us today, if nothing else, having a firm like Aprio in mm-hmm. your pocket, in your corner, having these discussions with these type of of experts helps you find the deferments, helps you find the tax credits, that helps you then extend your payments. That means then you have more capital on hand, and you've actually done a capital raise campaign without having to go find another loan, just by using your money smarter, you mm-hmm. know, and, and having it work for you, you've now raised capital inside your own organization in an organic fashion that then pays dividends down the road through tax credits and a whole bunch of other things. So all that to say is, folks, if you don't have somebody like a Justin and Thomas in your corner, don't think don't think you and Intuit uh, TurboTax can do it by yourself. It's a great program. Don't get me wrong. I don't want into it now sending me emails, but <laughs> but you do need to have the experts behind you to help you go through some of these more fine tooth kind of uh, regulations to read the thousand pages. I think I would have been asleep in opening prologue to that, um, mm-hmm. that there are people like yourselves who enjoy reading thousand page documents and can help explain it to us in these very simplistic terms. Yes. And I'm so glad that um, Higher Ground actually works with Aprio and they have been an incredible partner. So I can speak from firsthand knowledge so, that they're amazing. So, Chloe, so where are you going to take us out to dinner then? I mean, since now it's 100 percent write off. And as Chloe noted, right, we're all open here in Georgia. Yes, right. yes, right. yes. Exactly. We'll, we'll have to we'll have to get that on the calendar for right. sure. So, so sure. our family will see you at nine. Where? <laughs> I'll send it to you guys via email. How about that? Perfect. Yes, 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 yes. Thomas, make sure we have the records to write that one off. Too. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, you know, we have to get to the, together to discuss show notes. So there will be business discussed. <laughs> the last thing I just want to touch on is if there's anything different for solopreneurs, like if there's anything mm-hmm. that they need to be thinking about, um, our, our 1099s, just the, the ones that are sort of contracting, but have their own sort of LLC. Is there anything different for them that they need to be thinking about? I'll speak first real quick on the, I guess, both to the PPP side and the ER and the ERC mm-hmm. employee retention credit. So mm-hmm. if you're not, if you're not W-2, right, that's how the employees define. So right. note that as that comes into consideration um, for the paycheck protection program aspect, applying for a second draw. You do not have to substantiate that decline of 25%. Mm. If you're $150,000 or less, you will at some point, by the time you get to forgiveness, it says, anytime from the from when you get a new loan to forgiveness. So they've provided some relief. So that mm. should help expedite the process. This should be a slam dunk for those that are sole proprietors because all they need to do to calculate their payroll costs is a 2019 tax return. It's calculated right, right off the tax uh, return. Of you course. have that yep. in hand. You don't have to substantiate gross receipts, right? You know, right now. So you, yep. I think you know whether or not your business had a decline of twenty five percent or not in any one quarter. They made it easier that when you get to substantiation, if your twenty nineteen tax return shows that the overall was twenty five percent less than your twenty eighteen, or sorry, twenty twenty compared to twenty nineteen, then you're done. You don't have to provide it on a quarterly basis because the math would only work. So this is simplicity oh. there to mm. make it happen. So if wow. if you qualify. Get in line, have your tax return. That should be all you need to apply. 
Wonderful. Amazing. Wonderful. You guys have just simplified this down to I mean, it's been a fantastic. really, really digestible oh, wow. level, and we really appreciate it. Um, so if our listeners want to find out more information aside mm-hmm. from aprio.com, is there a place they can find either one of you on LinkedIn or are there, is there a bio page on Aprio that we can point them to? Yes, definitely. Both of us are listed on our website under contact us, um, meet, well, meet your team. Um, both okay. Was at Aprio. So you can definitely go there. We're both uh, listed on LinkedIn and Justin is all around everywhere on the internet now just doing these, <laughs> these type of interviews now so <laughs> yes a okay yes i'm so glad that he was able to squeeze us into his celebrity schedule that's right he's making right. tours i'll tell you yeah so let me go to linkedin if you follow if you follow uh thomas myself or follow abrio right when we mm-hmm. when we do our our, our post and i'll tell you that this and this is for context to understand to get the latest and greatest information the ppp rules that were issued on the evening of the 6th was about 11 o'clock at night. I think I had an mm. article drafted by 1.30 in that morning and we released it the very next day. So wow. that goes out. It goes on our social media. You get in our mailing list. You can get some opportunities to get there very quickly. Um, if you go to that, if you go to aprio.com, and mm-hmm. what's slash what's next. You can also register for things like webinars and other things of that nature. My, mm-hmm. uh, so my, 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 my kind of, I call my partner in crime here as we go through PPP uh, intimately for nine months and, and who knows how many more. Right. Every Tuesday at one o'clock Eastern, we do a PPP update webinar for the time, mm-hmm. at least for the time being. There's ah. so much guidance that's changing in January sure. with this new funding and yeah. new applications. So you can go there and you can register every single Tuesday, one o'clock Eastern. We'll do a PPP okay. update. You can always stay informed and then you can follow us to check us out in the interim periods for more frequent leases if you can't wait seven days. <laughs> <laughs> Well, wonderful. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you both so much for your time and joining us on. Yes, it's been great. Yes, yes. The information was was incredible. And I think it'll be very, very helpful to all of our listeners and to mm-hmm. the small business community. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. We are grateful for the time you spend with us in participating in these conversations. Please review and rate and share our show as we are focused on growing awareness in the supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity space. If you'd like more information, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E ground dot I-O. Thank you for being here and we look forward to seeing you next week.